Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. I imagine only that which pleases me. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And this is your sex, relationships, communication, spirituality, cosmic podcast show that we know that you listen to every Wednesday. And today we are going a little bit deeper into the spiritual side of things. And we thought that we'd start with a, uh, a message that we got from a listener via our Facebook page. And she says, I have a question. What are some techniques to help one to determine the difference between intuition and imagination? For example, I have a feeling if I drive this way, there might be an accident versus me just imagining being in a car accident when I'm driving the car. Not as a feeling, but as a creative mind, or is this just an anxiety thing? So she's basically saying, I mean, if I just boil it down very, very simply, she's saying, how do I tell the difference between I'm psychically feeling a car accident is waiting for me and I'm just imagining a worst case scenario could be waiting for me? really common problem and it's a great question. I thought it was a brilliant question because as an empath I really struggle with that because I would add is it my imagination is it my intuition or is it somebody else's stuff yeah you know that adds a third realm into that question. And as a lot of our listeners open up emotionally and consciously and as they really begin to bring back the powers of their intuition, which have probably always been there for many. Many of them may have had it in childhood, may have lost it along the way, maybe reclaiming it now, or maybe really radically opening up to strong psychic stuff right now. This is a good tutelage in this kind of stuff because when you first start to really play with your psychic abilities and start to get familiar with them and fine hone them, this is some of the first stuff that you come up against, which is which you hear in every single psychic workshop across the country on a Saturday from two to four. There's a psychic skills workshop on at the local WEA. And we've got <laughs> Mystic Dolphin. <laughs> Mystic Dolphin is here today to teach us how to learn <laughs> to read our auras and chakras. And we're going to be doing some... What's it called when you put it in a bag and you feel it? I don't know, but you stopped a joke halfway through. I did, didn't I? <laughs> what do you put in a bag and feel it? Psychokinesis. We've got some objects and some brown paper bags today, ladies, and we're going to be holding them in our hands and determining what they are just using our intuitions. <laughs> Right? How many fingers am I holding up behind my back? Yeah, and, and oh. what's on the card before you flip it over? What number, what, you know, what suite? And so... What you'll hear in these sorts of seminars and workshops and classes is people will say things like, oh, but I just made that up. And I know that when I first thought I might be channeling, I was second-guessing myself all the time and I thought, no, no, that's just, I'm making it up, I'm, I'm imagining this, I read this somewhere, I'm paraphrasing something, it's my subconscious, it's whatever. And so you do have that paranoid state, definitely. I think this is just such a cool question. Thank you. Now, James, I know personally a question that you've been talking to me about for years because it's really weighed on your mind and it's exactly on this topic. So I think that telling this story is going to help people learn how this goes in a real-life sense. has to do with plane crashes. Oh, my gosh. And do you realise that in five days' time I'm putting my 17-year-old daughter on a plane to Thailand for three weeks? And this is your worst fear, right? And it is. Yeah. It is. And so... That started because I've had uh, well over 20 dreams of plane crashes. And at the same time, I'm not a nervous flyer at all, but it's also this thing about separation from children. 
And I actually think that when I've had the plane crashes after much analysis on Mr. Google and having beautiful people like Beck help me over the years, I realised that every time I've had the plane crash dream, it has simultaneously been at a time in my life when I'm going through great change. And it could be career, it could be relationships, it could be um, the role I'm playing, you know, am I going into motherhood, am I moving into having teenage children, whatever, friendship changes, all sorts of different things. And so I see it as symbolic and I see that as being very, very separate now mm. from the reality of somebody I know is going to be in a plane and, and die. dreams are a tough area because I've had two people who aren't hugely psychic, as in every now and then they might get a twinge in their day-to-day lives, but they don't really consider themselves massively spiritual. But both of them, for example, had the dreams that predicted the tsunami and 9-11. So they right. saw tidal waves, they saw planes into buildings and told people about it and then it happened. Now, yeah, that so freaks you out. It freaks you out. But these, it's not like... I almost don't. It, it, this, I see why this is so hard to talk about because how come their dream is different to Jane's twenty plane crash dreams? Yeah. Why? How are they any different? Well, I've also had the other one too, where I had a dream where I was at my girlfriend's father's funeral, and um, and woke up and went, "Oh wow, that was horrible." But I actually had not seen her for a while, and I thought that was really more of an opportunity for me to reconnect with her or catch up with her sooner rather than later. Uh, except that a few days later, suddenly out of the blue, her dad died. And you saw her at the And, yeah. So I've had both mm. and it is really hard to know. So because you've had both, can you feel into any difference between, say, for example, your plane crash dreams, which I feel completely is to do with symbology and patterns and, and stuff going on, you know, that's dream symbology, I think, yeah. versus the premonition dream you had about the grandfather's death? No, I can't tell the difference. Mm. I wish I could say yes, I can't. Yeah. So my coping mechanism for it is that in both of those types of dreams, I had really strong emotional feelings. So what I've chosen is every dream I have is to hook into what was it I was feeling and that's the work I've got to do on now. Yeah. And so that way, whether it's a premonition or whether it's a signpost is irrelevant because both are giving me the gift of, of healing mm, mm. and that's the only way I can live because I can't be paranoid about every dream I have look the blunt truth of it is if we go back to mystic dolphin psychic skills class is that <laughs> love that name is that when and, and see I have told people this when I've done my little psychic skills workshops as well the fact is imagination and intuition are so close together on the bandwidth on the frequency that I think there's actually not a lot of difference and that's this I use this as a good thing and as a teaching tool so somebody says oh I can't be psychic I can't do that well can you imagine something when beautiful Craig Homine who we interviewed on this show some time ago who's a hypnotherapist when I went and saw him for hypno one of the first exercises he has you do to kind of warm you up to hypno is he says so just put your hand out in front of you and imagine that you're holding a lemon a cut half of a lemon bring it up to your nose, smell it, see the colour, 
see how it looks, if it's got a leaf on it or if it's this kind of a shape or it's got seeds, what does it look like? So he's engaging all of the senses in a very realistic, co-creative type way. Then he says, so bring it right up and now imagine you're taking a huge bite into it. and feel, You can actually feel your saliva glands you know, responding and all of that. And that is why the brain knows no difference between imagination and kind of that psychic mind, that, that sort of created reality. And so this is, of course, the statistics about the basketball team that practiced in their minds versus the basketball teams that went on the court for a week. And then at the end, they, they compared the difference. And of course, the ones who practiced in their minds usually were better yes, than the ones who Because physically they don't fail. So in your imagination, you don't you fail, fail. Whereas physically, you can. So one of the best ways to start to become psychic is to stop asking yourself at every juncture, oh, but did I just make that up? Oh, but was that my imagination? Oh, but I maybe just, you know, I just created that. Well, so what? There's all You're coming into a realm where there's not a lot of difference. There's fantasy, reality, daydreamy, theta brainwave state way of being. It's exactly the same state as when you kind of stare into a corner and someone waves a hand in front of you and goes, hello. Yeah, you're dazing. You're, yeah, you're... You've switched wavelengths, bandwidths. You've gone up to a different a psychic channel then. And it's very very um it's a very you're basically already in the realm to start channeling or being psychic once you're kind of in that blocked out place you see uh, your phone rings and you guess who it is before you pick it up you're right um you know you're gonna i don't know read something on a billboard before you turn the corner and read it whatever it is a psychic is only taking those small moments of deep awareness deep preconceptive awareness and they're just stretching it out for longer and holding that space for up to an hour or more hours at a time as they then channel so it's a bit like the muscle at the gym they're just learning how to really use it and pump it up now as part of learning to use it and this is speaking myself as a psychic for the last how many years now over a decade is that you become very swift with practice over time at differentiating the voice in Rebecca's head, which is my brain, versus information that is channeled or is picked up from a different plane of reading radio broadcasts in the universe. They're two different things. Now, I must admit that even for me, 11, 12 years into this, it's if you pressed me, I'd still actually fumble to articulate. The difference is so subtle so between gentle. your brain and, for example, the voice of an angel or the voice of a a divine intuition. Well, the way I, because Beck was the one that actually said, will you just channel for me? I remember one night that she jumped in my car and said, I want to ask you a question. I need you to channel. I said, Beck, I don't channel. She went, oh, rubbish. Just do it. She bullied me. She had a big vent bully and I went, oh, my gosh, I've got the psyched in stilettos. I've got this queen of psychic ability in my car wanting me to channel. And I went, oh, my God, I've just got to do this. I jumped. And I had, she wouldn't let me second guess. Now I'm talking about you in the third person, sorry. But you wouldn't let me second guess. And I just went for it and you're going, yes, makes sense, makes sense. So sometimes we've got to kind of get that external validation. You kind of got to jump. Plunge. And, and so that was my validation to just, okay, Jane, you're doing it, just do it. So keep doing it, which I did. And over time, of course, you get better and you get more validation, etc. But then there was that moment when, so my channeling had always been connecting with my team for the wisdom that I wanted to speak in the way that was in alignment with my vibration. But it was only more recently that over the past couple of years that I've had people, close friends who have lost somebody very dear to them, that I decided to get that bit bolder and try and connect with that one 
specific um, soul. And I was so nervous. And they give you weird stuff to say because they're wanting to try and give the proof. The souls. To the friend, yeah, that, that you have actually connected with that person. So I remember one of them with uh, a gorgeous girlfriend, Kat, and her friend had uh, traumatically suddenly passed away. And I'm saying, I've got to tell you something like, I'm looking at your, she had gravel, white gravel in her backyard. And I said, it's not gravel, but it's white and it's like gravel. And she just went, would it be pebble? I went, yeah, pebble, that's it, pebble. So this lady's surname that had crossed over, her surname was Peace. My gorgeous friend Kat had been in Bali till the day before and she was supposed to be with her friend. And she went anyway and she bought this lovely pebble that had peace written on it. And that was her little memento by the side of her bed for her to remember her friend. So it's so random. You've got to jump. You got, and Beck would give you a million of those stories. But that's me as more of an L-plater mm. on, on this type of stuff. So you've got to just... Feel the fear, feel stupid, say it, do it. Yes. And again, this is psychic skills class basics. So when you first start to open up to receive information, of course most of it's not going to make sense. It's like tuning into a random radio channel and flipping across the dials and you hear bits and pieces of all kinds of weird stuff. Just because it doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean what you're getting is not valid or important or means something to the person you're with. Yes. And so you, there's a there's a hell of a lot of trust factor that needs to come into play when we start doing intuitive work. There's a lot of surrender, there's a lot of faith, and there's a lot of trust. Don't, it's about not taking it too seriously, not putting so much pressure on it. It's not about a fail thing or a report card thing or right or wrong. It's it's important to stay in the energy of playing when being intuitive. So I'm just going to play with my angel cards because it's a fun thing to do and whatever comes through, I'm not going to put too much of a heavy meaning or emphasis on any of it. I'm just going to see what pops up and have some fun with exploring that. And you can be, have discipline and rules within this. So, for example... The affirmation that I said at the beginning was, I imagine only that which pleases me. I have chosen, I'm not interested in having premonitions of anything negative of the future. I'm not interested in in either receiving that information myself or being the catalyst for passing that on to someone else. Yeah, we want to set the intention. I don't. That's my intention. It's strong. And so I don't get that stuff. Mm. I might get weird stuff, but I don't get anything that could potentially be painful, hurtful, outside of maybe painful in an emotional coaching sense, which the the person is ready to hear and wants to hear versus I'm going to just drop a bomb on you now and really have you your yeah. world rocked and shaken and in fear. I don't work in fear. That's it, full stop. Like I can remember a radio interview years ago and the guy said something to me like, so that, and then he inserted like the latest world bombing terrorist whatever thing had happened, thing that happened last month. Did you see that coming? And I said... No, because I don't go looking for those sorts of things. Like I wasn't asking those questions. And that's, you know, people will say, oh, I'm too scared to have a psychic reading because I don't want to hear anything bad or I don't want to. And it's like, but you're you're coming from the premise. You you, you believe that I'm going to be looking for the bad stuff to tell you. What makes you think I'm, I'm searching around for miscarriages, car crashes and deaths? Yeah. Which, because a lot of psychics do, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah well, they do, but Not I actually think they actually work on a lower plane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the psychics who are into power play, into wanting to take the power off the person who comes in the room and sits down opposite them, they want to kind of... You know, there might be some little old lady who has never done any self-work on herself. She might be psychic, but she's not spiritual. 
And let's talk about the whole balance of everything that ever was, ever exists, of yin and yang, black and white, etc. We have dark and, and light on the other side. There are angels. Guess what? There's bad guys there too. Do we want to call it the devil or whatever you, label you want to give, whatever? I'm fine with. It's just personalities. However, when we are learning to be psychic, you have to be disciplined about plugging into the highest, highest realms of love. And that is what Beck and I are so disciplined on because the psychic that says, oh dear, get your will in order, I see bad news for you, is feeding off your fear vibration. Now, the reason they've received that message is that the food for the bad guys on the other side is fear. The food for the good guys on the other side is love. So when you are talking to a psychic or, or know of a psychic who is delivering any message that puts you in fear, that vibration is the food for the expansion of the dark side. So they are only connecting to the dark side. And what the dark side does to try and get their way in to expand themselves is to give the psychic enough accurate information that you then buy into that psychic's ability so that then they can play with you. And I know this because I worked with a psychic who won the award for one of the best psychics in the UK and that's how he played. And he had so much negative shadow stuff going on it wasn't funny. And yet the abilities he had were mind-blowing from finding murdered bodies, etc. He was incredible, mm. but he was playing on a lower field. So you've got to play on the high field. I think we're now starting to really hit the point of today to help people. So we've said, first of all, to open up your intuition at all, you kind of just have to throw yourself wide open, which, yes, is scary, but you have to sort of – you have to be – take the pressure off yourself and just be open to whatever you're receiving, whether it's quote unquote imagination or whether it's something a bit more divinely inspired, go with it. But couple that with, as Jane is saying, it's just like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like specific intention setting before you do this activity. So you want to be saying, if I am going to be just traveling through the different planes of the universe or scrolling through the different radio channels i don't want the shitty ones i want the higher vibrational stuff to be there so you're setting the intention now third of all like any form of practice or homework or like i said building the muscle at the gym or whatever you will start to learn over time for you the different ways that messages come and so for example I'll speak for myself personally and don't take this on anybody because yours will be different. But mine, I have, it has taken me a long time to learn this. I've learned a few things. When I channel, it's very fast, it's very quick, it's very clean, and I immediately forget. I, I do an hour with you, I meet you in the street, I don't know your name, don't know your face, don't remember you, I couldn't tell you a thing about you. Don't know anything about it, right? It's just, it's past three. If I held on to it, I'd be schizophrenic by now. I couldn't hold on to this many people's junk. Like, it's just impossible, right? Second of all, when I have my own personal private premonitions, they're usually the same energy. They're quick, they're clean, and I have no emotional attachment to it. It's more like... An observation. An observation. When I was a girl and I was in my parents' house looking out the window at this beautiful old locust, locust, can't even say the word, tree that they used to have next door, thinking that tree fills such a huge, beautiful space in my parents' garden, I... Wouldn't it be a shame if that got cut down? Three days later, 
it was cut down after like 40 years of being there. I had no way of knowing that. That was a premonition, but I didn't have, when I sort of received that that feeling about the tree, there was no, oh, sadness or grief or anger or fear around it. I just received it and moved on. Third of all, the kinds of intuitions that I've had where I really have been about to walk into the line of fire, like not physical danger, but more like verbal abuse generally, uh, or a sort of emotional energetic, having my cage rattled. My stomach has told me hours before, sometimes two days before. So I personally will get a gnawing, unsettled feeling in my gut that something is going to happen to me. I won't know what it is, but I will have received the warning. And I'll say, okay, I know that in the next today or maybe tomorrow, I'll have an interaction with a person and it's going to make me feel really uncomfortable and it's, and it's coming. That's interesting you say gut because I was actually going to say that's how I know if it's intuition. If it's intuition for me, I physically can feel it in my gut. It's that tightening, it's that butterflies, it's that nervousness, it's that anxiety, but it's all in my gut. It's not in my head. Correct. And when we channel, the energy goes up higher into more of the third eye space, which is the sort of that the sixth chakra, the violet sort of silver zone, whatever, indigo, whatever colour you see up there, that's more of the part of the body that we're using for that level of communication and receiving. And then when we talk about the imagination in the negative of, oh, my goodness, I'm going to have a car accident, etc., that's where the affirmation from today comes from. I only imagine that which pleases me. So if I have a thought that's negative of a, a, a negative premonition, and I want to know, is that my imagination or is that my intuition, my gut feeling, or am I channeling something? You know, there's three things really there, isn't there? If it's my imagination and I've had the negative thought process, I quickly change that thought process to something positive and therefore I've changed it. So it's no longer there versus I don't think you can get rid of a premonition. It's going to stay with you. You actually can't mindfully get rid of it. This, this is gold. Oh, good. This is the answer. Because if it is just a thought, it's like plasticine and it's malleable. If it's a deeper knowing, it will gnaw away at you. Yes. So, for example, children, planes, that's a, that is my imagination. And so then when I feel that fear, and it's happened a few times in the years, and I go straight to Beck, she gets me right into alignment on it, where my imagination... I can see it's my imagination and it's gone. It's not a premonition. It clears and that gut's gone. It's hooked into an emotion. That's more about Jane processing an emotion, which her kind of logical brain is sort of placed onto a plane as a symbol of that feeling of being out of control, um, hitting a brick wall, like those sort of metaphors is what's happening there. Yeah, And and it's also of, of not being in control and not being able to continue to, um, you know, provide for my children when they're not there. It's all that, you know, separation thing and children getting older, blah, blah. Um, But that's how I think you can try and 
differentiate between the two. That your body, it, things are going to show up in different places in your body. And, you know, Jane and I, obviously, the whole point of this show is that we talk to you about your emotions and your feelings, and we get you to understand where your body holds them. So I feel tight in my jaw. I feel sick in my tummy. I feel tense in my shoulders. We say, what color is that? Can you describe it? Is it spiky? Is it metallic? Is it gray fog? Is it brown? Is it smushy? What, it, what is it? Can you name can you articulate the emotion? People say, I'm stressed. That's not a feeling. Like, I want the emotion. Okay, I feel out of control. What's the emotion? I feel sad. Go deeper. I feel hopeless. Go deeper. I feel like I'm not worth anything. There it is. Right? Beautiful. So, so that's what we're doing on this show. Now, when we're, when we're talking to you guys about how to use your own intuition, it's the same idea that different places of the body are going to be your radio receptors. Sometimes you're going to know something in your heart. You're just going to feel it in the heart chakra. And we do a lot of our work in the heart chakra. As the ancient Egyptians knew, they, they totally disregarded the brain. The heart was the most important organ of the body. All the thinking and feeling and knowing was done through the heart, you know. But we've also got a bit lower down the chakras. We have got our stomach. We've got our hunch. We've got our gut. And that's down lower. And it's a different modus operandi. Then we can go up really high to the crown chakra and the third eye chakra and they are very very light they rotate very very fast much higher vibrational getting closer up to the cosmos and from there the lighter more pure streaming starts to come down and through like white light as a portal up and down through that lotus on the top of your head now so years ago when i was a journalist and i was living in sydney um, and i used to catch the trains all the time subways and over the top of like the Sydney Harbour Bridge twice a day every day I was living the dream you know looking out the window thinking I can't believe I'm looking at the opera house on my way to work this is crazy and I was it was the year it was so after 9-11 there was a second bombing was it the London Bali. bombing the London one the, no the London underground one do you remember that one yeah yeah, yeah. I think it was the London one so I was standing underground on the platform one morning within 24 hours of London. And oh, this is probably quite representative as well of the old me. The old me felt out of control by fear-based media and government systems who were going off. They were putting SWAT teams all over Sydney, bomb squads, police cars, helicopters. They were looking for bomb. They said if London's been bombed, there's going to be a domino effect. It's going to be Tokyo, Manhattan, Sydney and all the main St. Paris and all the big next ones are going to go down, right? So they had put this idea into the ether about our city could also be bombed. And I'm thinking, I'm about to go across the Sydney Harbour Bridge, one of the biggest icons. Where are they going to blow it up? They're going to blow it up in Sydney on right there. At that point is where it's going to be, right? And I'm waiting for my train and it's about to come. And I felt sick with fear about, I don't know if I should get on this train. That was a big moment for me because it was genuinely, do so I... So what you do? I got on the train. Good. Because I was going to say a similar thing with this lady saying about, you know, getting the premonition of do I drive that way or that way. For years I uh, had a fear about going to Victor Harbour, which is where we live. It's a seaside, fun little weekend place that people go and visit about an hour away. And I just had a very real feeling. This went on for about 20 years. Um, that I was Yeah, yeah, that I was going to be in a serious car accident on that main freeway. Now, admittedly, this is the worst road in our state where there's numerous deaths there. 
unfortunately, far too often. Do you think someone had planted that seed in your mind? Quite though? possibly. Like someone a long time ago going, oh, I don't ever go that road. That's the dangerous highway. Quite possibly. Yeah. So what did I do? I just went a different way for 20 years. I don't feel it anymore, so now I drive that way. It's no problems at all. But I did. I just went a different way. So you can listen to it as well, but don't let it stop you doing what you want to do. But I think there's something in it that we're saying here about the fact that you now drive that road, and I did mm. get on that train, mm-hmm. and it's sort of where... Excuse me. Jane now drives that road because she's at a different vibration now where she's much more in control of her reality and her alignment as to what she manifests and brings into her life. And when you have reached much, you've done more work on that and you've got more control of that, you're less in the life happens to me bracket. I'm constantly living in a state of fear where things can be done to me, random acts of crazy, of danger, of violence. That doesn't exist anymore. So that shuts down all those psychics and all that fear-based shit. You get more control of it. Why did I get on that train 10, 13 years ago? Because clearly it wasn't really a premonition. I was just having a wig out in, in a and, and if it really, really had been an exit point, I don't think I would have gotten on. Well, that's actually what I was about to say is that I don't think that people that are consciously aware and done the amount of work that most of our listeners have, it serves no purpose to have a premonition for an exit point. It actually doesn't serve a purpose. You're, none of you guys are here to exit. I can tell you that right now. You are all only just starting this work. Yeah, too much work to do. You are here to change the world and we need you. You are not going anywhere. <laughs> I imagine only that which pleases me. That should feel reassuring for your Wednesday. I hope everyone feels good that they're all they're all here for they're the next required, seven decades. Required species. You are in school, kids, and you're not allowed <laughs> out till the bell goes. And there's no bells on Thursday or Monday. Trust me. So look. Um, as usual, if you want to find Jane and I, the best places or the quickest places to go are lovelifeshow.com for a whole backlog of all. 185 other episodes. Jane, we are getting near 200. What the hell are we going to do for 200? Oh, we have to do something We're good. going to do something massive for 200. Oh, send in your suggestions. Yes, and we're going to start thinking about this now. I know. Maybe. You know what I'd love to do? Let me put it out to the universe. I want to take people's calls. I want to do it live on stage. Oh, even better. Okay, well, we'll yes. think episode 200 in person with all of you. That would be amazing. In a city in Australia. You tell us which city you want us to go to, ping us and we'll, and we'll go there. There you go. That is brilliant. Go on our Facebook page and tell us, Jane, what's Facebook Yes, page? which is facebook.com forward slash love life show. And if you'd like to keep our show going at the level that we're going at, um, we do ask you to come across to lovelifeshow.com and send a little donation, whether it's the, the amount you spend on a coffee today or a sandwich, whatever value you feel that we've been able to give you today, we would love to have that shown back so that we can keep the show going at the level that we love delivering it to you. So until this time next week, have fun opening up opening up with your intuition. Stay in alignment, stay with a clear, good intention, and you will have a marvellous time. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.